At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. Unfortunately, it's another Silver Linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast as Charlotte fell 116 to 113 last night to the Toronto Raptors. We're going to break it all down with Wesley Robinson, social media associate with the Charlotte Hornets. Also going to talk about our Silver linings. So we'll talk about you know why this one went awry, the silver linings to take away from it, and a couple of items that have appeared on the Hornet social media that have piqued my interest, and we will get the take of our social media associate, Wesley Robinson. So without further ado, Wesley, welcome back to the Hornet's Hivecast. Hey, it's great to be back, unfortunately, in the case of uh, another tough loss against Toronto. But hey, we're loving the way the guys are playing this year, and it's very exciting this season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the team is certainly playing an exciting brand of basketball. But these last two losses, I'll I'll be honest, they have been more frustrating. And I think it's because we have now seen the establishment of an identity of this Hornets team. It felt like they have been playing within it. They seemed like they had fixed a lot of the mistakes that caused them to lose the previous game by three in the second game. And yet the same result. So what, what is your initial takeaway? Why did this one go against the Hornets? Well, it's really tough to win on the road, I mean, especially during these circumstances. So a lot going on with the scheduling this season. And playing eight games in 14 days, it's, a, it's pretty tough on the guys. But you cannot argue the fact that a lot of deficiencies from three-point range, the Toronto Raptors were able to, to make 41 threes in their last two games. And that's pretty tough for a team to come back on when a team is that hot. So we've seen a lot of things that we can do well offensively. And even in the first matchup, we didn't have Gordon Hayward, but we were able to get him back. And he was back in the rhythm. He was perfect in the first half, scoring 25 points, which led to Devontae Graham coming out, having 20 points the first time for the first time in the season. And Terry Rozier being Terry, sparking a flame from three-point range as well and finishing with 24 points. But there are some deficiencies that James Borrego would like to correct. And I'm pretty sure during the, in the road situation, you want the team to jump out on a hot start like they did today. But you want to be able to maintain that and not play from behind in those kind of situations. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. You know, One, one thing maybe that makes it more frustrating is Gordon Hayward, a spectacular in your perfect first half, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But you know, the, the big things that stuck out, the Hornets had a tough time with turnovers. For the most part, they cleaned that up in Game 2. They were, they were much better taking care of the basketball. Certainly in the first half right. they were. And then the defensive glass. I mean, the, the Raptors, they didn't win the rebound battle in 
either night, but it was the timing of some of the offensive rebounds that they pulled down in Game 1. So that got cleaned up in Game 2, and yet the same result. And for me, what it comes back to is that the Raptors are a team that have made the decision. They're going to live by the three. They're going to die by the three. And most NBA teams don't shoot 40% from beyond the arc. It just doesn't exactly. happen. That's that's not that's not normal three point shooting. The the best team in the NBA, the Clippers shoot forty three percent. Milwaukee's second best. They're shooting forty one percent. A team that is seen as an elite elite three point shooting team with the best three point shooter in the history of the game on it. The Golden State Warriors. They shoot thirty five percent from three. So if you got a team you're playing against that is going to chuck up fifty threes a game at some point. You have to say to yourself, "Look, we're going to take away Pascal Siakam. We're going to take. We're we're going to make life difficult on on Fred Van Vliet. And if Norman Powell goes six of nine from three, well, I guess we have to live with the fact that it might not be our night. Exactly. I, I definitely agree with that. Paul, Pascal Siakam. Um, he's been having a dry spell over the past few games, and, and luckily we've been able to hold him control to nine points tonight. And I agree with that. I'd rather Norman Powell shoot." and go six for nine from three-point range, then to have Pascal Siakam uh, kill us from the three-point range and getting into his all-star form for 25 points a game. Raptors on the season, they have played 12 games. When they make 40% or more from three, they are three and two. When they make less than 40% from three, they're one and six. So I, I hate to chalk it up to something that is, in a certain respect, out of the Hornets' control because if you're closing down on certain three-point shooters, some guys are going to get left open and you know make miss league and all that. You know, Powell had open looks. Uh, Boucher had open looks. They, they're just there. It's part of the game. But if those, you know, those two guys combined to go 8 for 13 from deep, that's not normal for them. That's not normal for the NBA. At some point, if those guys are going to do that, it's very difficult to counter it. And I thought the Hornets overall played a pretty smart game. You know, they they put the bulk of the minutes in their top seven guys' hands, let them go out there and roll. Uh, I don't think you know anyone had a terrible game by any stretch. It's just you know the the bench for the Raptors was as hot as could possibly be. Yeah, I agree. I think um, definitely. Uh, I think the Hornets have been playing great basketball, and it's very tough for us from our end as fans because we, we have seen the identity of the Charlotte Hornets of being able to push the ball up the floor and getting great high percentage shots, trying to limit turnovers, and also defensively as well. We, we pretty much have earned the respect around the league. We have seven players with 10-plus steals on our team, which leads the NBA right now. So we're pretty efficient, not just on the offensive end, but defensive, the defensive as well. And it's just pretty tough to see a night like this go down uh, where – there's a hot shooting night from a team like the Toronto Raptors who who pretty much, like you said, live by the three or die by the three in games like this. All that being said, Hornets did have a couple of looks at it down the stretch, and neither possession ends up going down. The first one where they had a chance to take the lead, Devontae Graham kind of got caught up on an action and and basically tripped and never really got the shot up. And the last one, Terry Rozier rose up uh, off an inbounds play, had a decent look. He kind of double-clutched on the shot, and he thought he was fouled. So did JB. Let's give you the coach's reaction to the last two offensive sets. Yeah, Terry got the look we wanted. You know, I thought he got fouled there at the end. I'll take a look at it. I'll, I'll review it. I haven't seen the replay yet, but that's where he wanted the ball. I thought he had a pretty decent look, and I think the guy switched out on it. The possession before, 
Uh, we got to execute better. You know, we, we could have got a better shot than that. I was disappointed in that one. I'll go back and, and figure that one out. My takeaway, Wes, you know, we've seen probably five to six, maybe a little bit more last second shot opportunities to either tie or take a lead. One thing that stands out to me is how many different players have attempted them. We've seen Terry Rozier take a couple. We've seen Miles Bridges take a couple. P.J. Washington's taken a couple. So the team philosophy, I think, works in the Hornets' favor because if you're the opposition, you really can't say, well, we're going to make sure Gordon Hayward doesn't take this last shot and count on the fact that that was something that the Hornets weren't expecting to happen already. You know, with a lot of teams... When you have a Luka Doncic, you know who's got the ball. And your job is to stop him from getting the shot he wants. And with the Hornets, if anyone tries to take anyone away, with the exception of you know maybe Bismarck Biombo offering up a three, I don't think the Hornets have a shot on the floor they're uncomfortable with. Exactly. I mean, we, we have a widespread of guys who pretty much live in those kind of moments. And Terry Rozier... Gordon Hayward, even Devontae Graham, I mean, playing off of last season as well. These guys are comfortable making those shots. And even a surprise this year, Miles Bridges has been pretty good from uh, three-point range. So, of course, we would love to see any any of those guys have that kind of look. But just like JB said, I mean, he'll go back and look at that situation to see. I think we're still outlining who that guy will be. But I, I do like the options that we do have, that we have, a, we have at least four or five guys, with the exception of Bismack Biombo. Who can possibly take that shot in those kind of big moments? Now, the flip side of that is someone's got to knock one down sooner or later, but you like they're getting the looks. You like that the opportunities are there. All right, so we've got much more to talk about after this 116 to 113 loss for your Hornets. Drops their record down to six and eight, puts them out of a playoff spot for the moment. I guess they're in the play in tournament. So, you know, they're, they're right there on the line. They're playing, you know, reasonably well right now. And certainly based off the prognostications of those experts who put win loss totals out there, the Hornets are certainly playing better than all of those folks thought. Part of the reason why the buzz is building, fans, season ticket packages are available for the 2021-2022 season right now, and you can guarantee your price. For more information, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative. One possession game. Gordon Hayward will bring it up the floor. Hayward with 25 today. Double team comes at him, gives to P.J. Washington into the corner. Rozier, three for the tie. It is good. Terry Rozier has 24, and it's all even at 110 apiece. Sixth three of the game for Terry Rozier. Biggest shot of the night, Terry Rozier knocking down that three to tie it up. Hornets had been in a close one. They'd gone back and forth with the lead, but that was the moment where Terry Rozier evened things up. It felt like the Hornets would be able to finish it off. They end up falling 116-113. to 113. Credit to Devontae Graham, who had a clutch three as well. But uh, that was my big moment of the night. Your big takeaway, Wes. Uh, Wesley Robinson, social media associate for the Hornets, here with me on the Hornets Hivecast uh, as we get into the silver linings of this latest three-point loss. Our silver linings would be, I, I love the production level of P.J. Washington getting his third double-double in, in the last three games. He's averaging 17.8 points, 8.3 rebounds over his last four games. But the biggest thing that I see that, that's been helping the Charlotte Hornets in these kind of situations to battle back in these games is 2.3 blocks. I think Coach Borrego has pretty much uh, challenged him to, to work in this positionless basketball game that we're in right now. And I think he's converting not just on the offensive end, but he's helping us defensively with rebounding and blocks as well, which 
brings a lot of pressure off of Biznak Biyombo while Cody Zeller is still nursing an injury. And on his timetable, we're, we're still not, uh, we're still unsure about that. But PJ has stepped up and accepted the challenge in his sophomore year. And I think that's the biggest part of why we're still able to play in these games and not get blown out the way in these games and still have a chance to fight back and at least get a shot off to be able to make an attempt to extend the game. Yeah, it's funny how at the start of the year, everyone, you know, passed judgment very quickly on the whole P.J. Washington can or can't be a small ball five. And as he has, you know, played himself into shape and gotten more and more accustomed to the role, he looks better and better out there. As you said, three straight double-doubles. So uh, that's a good silver lining. Another silver lining, Gordon Hayward coming back a perfect first half we have seen several teams make the adjustment in the second half to say we're, we're not going to let Gordon Hayward go nuts on us anymore and it seems to let other scorers get going Hornets had that happen for them in the second half the Raptors tried to take Gordon Hayward away and other guys started making shots they just happened to hit a dead period for about five minutes in the fourth quarter ill time that where they just didn't make a field goal but other than that I thought Gordon Hayward spectacular game in the first half and a wonderful decoy in the second and he's so unselfish I don't think he minds allowing other guys to get those big looks Absolutely. I think he uh, he pretty much is comfortable with knowing that he has a target on his back going into games and he comes out in a lot of these hot starts, um, you know, getting 19 in this game and against the Knicks. Uh, he almost had 30 points. He did have 30 points uh, in the first half. So he's okay with being that veteran to set the tone uh, to open up for those guys. And that's pretty good because now it kind of allows Devontae and Terry to break – pretty much walk into their games and get comfortable at where they where they see that they can make high percentage shots at. I think in the month of January, he's shooting 46% from three-point range, and that's that's pretty good. And I feel like he's back into his all-star form. I know people had a lot of questions about uh, his injury situation coming from Boston, and then he had to miss the last game also with an injury. But he's shooting 46% from three-point range, 49% from the floor, and 92% from the free-throw line. And he takes – great high percentage shots and pretty much when the Hornets are pretty much going through a dry spell where they're looking for a guy that they can rely on to get buckets to get them out of nine and no situations Gordon Hayward seems to step up for the challenge and I think that's pretty much uh, stood out to me in the month of January I'll throw one more individual at you Devontae Graham who has been top 15 in the NBA in assists per game as well as steals per game came up with his best shooting performance of the season 20 points a season high he had a clutch three down the stretch seven assists again he is starting to shoot his way out of the slump that started the season and again you know a lot of people had these quick trigger fingers like oh you know he's not playing well let's get him on the bench and James Borrego to his credit saw this guy there's nothing wrong with him it's a it's a it's a percentages thing he just hasn't taken enough shots yet to to really be in his groove he keeps shooting. Shooters got to shoot, and he shot his way out of it. A very strong offensive game, and also when you look at the plus minuses, you know he as well as the entire starting five were all in the positive for the Hornets last night. Absolutely, like you said, shooters have to shoot, and I think um, Devontae Graham has pretty much earned his stripes with this team and with Coach Borrego to know that when he's on, he's on, and and even when he doesn't have his shot flowing, he still finds ways to be, to really much get his guys involved, and you can see with his production level what it's done for guys like Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington with, with him still being able to have the ability to find guys open, and then when he's ready to shoot, which in cases like you saw tonight he's ready to step up to the challenge and knock down 
shots beyond the three-point line. Final silver lining I'm going to put out there, and I know you know whenever there, there's a loss and the team makes 20-plus threes, it's hard to say defense is a silver lining, but I, I think it was. The Hornets uh, once again shut down an opponent's all-star, and that is so hard to do because all-stars are all-stars for a reason. They don't just score 20 points occasionally. They average 20 points. Pascal Siakam is an all-star. He was 4 for 14 last night. 0 for 5 from 3. Over the two games, he shot 18% from distance and averaged 12 points per game. That is phenomenal work to do against an all-star. And we've seen the Hornets have these kinds of defensive performances against Luka Doncic, against Trey Young. I think the the Hornets have found something here where, you know, they they understand maybe we're not quite as deep, like 9 or 10 guys deep as a team like say Brooklyn. Or, or at least Brooklyn was since they traded everyone now. But but you get what I'm saying here. We're going to limit your star's ability to do what he likes to do. And then if Norman Powell makes six threes, then Norman Powell makes six threes. And we have to live with that. In that regard, I think the Hornets' defense, again, needs to be applauded. Because even though the Raptors attempted 49 threes and made 42% of them, you know what? The guys who took them and make them... More often than not, they're not making them at the clip that they did last night that cost the Hornets. Absolutely. I, and I think it's just basketball one-on-one. You, when you see that when you have a game plan coming in and you see the lineup and you see that you have, this is a championship team. I mean, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, these guys were, were key parts of the Toronto Raptors winning the title a few years ago. So knowing that this is what these guys are bringing on the table, minus Kawhi Leonard, but these guys were still Pascal Siakam making his all-star first all-star appearance last year. I'm okay with jumping on these guys early to make sure they're not comfortable in their rhythm. The, the same way we like to find our rhythm with Gordon Hayward, I like that we can take that away from them. So it caused a little disruption in their offense. So then they have to search for a person like Norman Powell to knock down threes. And some, in some cases, it may work for him, but I'm pretty sure in a seven-game season, Series and and and, uh, and where the Hornets has to play the Toronto Raptors, I can kind of live with Norman Powell taking those shots over the All Stars that we know can make these shots uh, when proven in those in those positions. Hornets fans, be sure to tune in and watch every Hornets game live on Fox Sports Southeast and the Fox Sports Go app, or you can, can of course listen to them on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app. And we're going to be uh, teaming up together coming up on Wednesday. The 20th, it'll be Hornets Live social shoot-around Wednesday at 12.30 Eastern on Instagram Live at Fox Sports South and at Hornets. Yours truly, Sam Farber, joining Fox Sports Southeast host Ashley Shamady to answer all your questions. We will be live and ready to talk about all things Buzz City basketball. Should be a lot of fun. Hope you'll join us there on Wednesday. We still have more to talk about here on the Hornets Hivecast with Hornets social media associate Wesley Robinson. West third and final segment here of the Hornets Hivecast. And uh, Hornets now are about to have three days off after playing in 18 days, 11 games. It has been a grueling stretch where there have been a couple of back-to-backs Almost every other day has been a game. In fact, every other day has at least been a game for the Hornets. As they come out on the other side of it, what are your thoughts on how they sit at 6-8? and eight, And what are your feelings now compared to where they were before the season started? I think it's much needed rest. I mean, I, I remember talking with some of my colleagues and saying, 
eight games in 14 days, I can only imagine how tough that is. And I know um, Del Curry touched on it as well. An NBA legend like himself even even had uh, said that that's even shocking to himself to, to play that many games. He can only imagine players having to play those uh, that many games in, in a two-week stretch. So I think it's much-needed rest. I think we learned from these past two weeks. We, we had some big wins. We had a four-win streak. Unfortunately, we, had, we dropped two in Tampa, but we played a great team uh, tough. And uh, like you said, it was just some things that went that didn't go our way with uh, Norman Powell catching fire, pretty much just lighting on the stuff from three-point range. But I do like the things that were coming out from those games. We see that P.J. Washington is now uh, fitting well into the system. We see that Devontae Graham is finding his groove back. Gordon and Terry, they're working and they're gelling together. LaMelo Ball is adding great production off the bench. Um, And Miles Bridges, I think I've been really impressed with his game, especially from shooting from three-point range, that we pretty much have a great rotation of guys. And we're also respected around the league uh, uh, to to be able to hold down opponents' best players. But it gives us a shot to pretty much execute our offense over those stretches. Hornets fall 116 to 113, dropping their record to 6 and 8. Last item, put a poll up on uh, our Twitter feed based off yesterday's podcast. Will Kunkel of Fox 46 and I were talking about dunks of the year. And there were two nominees that I came up with. One was Terry Rozier, the dunk on Kevin Durant in the Brooklyn game. And the other was from the first game against Toronto where Miles Bridges you know, reaches behind him, touches the back of his neck, as Eric Collins called it on the TV call, which was the better call, I have to say, the, the neck scratcher, and then throws it down on Boucher. So those were the two nominees we put up there. I was surprised that not only did Will pick Miles very quickly, but thought that Terry wasn't even in the top two for the team this season, which speaks to how good the dunking has been for the Hornets. But we put it up on the Twitter poll, and as of the taping of this, we've had over a 1,000 votes they are separated by less than two-tenths of one percent. Now, I'm not going to tell you which way it's going right now. Obviously, it'll fluctuate between the time we are recording this podcast and when the poll finally ends. Wesley Robinson, who do you think is just by a hair in front, or who would you vote for? I'm going to give it to Terry. I mean, no disrespect to Miles Bridges. I love watching Miles Bridges play, and and every time he's able to dunk the ball, I mean, he, he lifts me out of my seat every time. I mean, regardless of what the situation of the game is. But you have to take in the factor of Terry Rozier already made it up in his mind at half court before he even caught the ball that he was going to have to dunk the ball. He even said it in the interview that he saw Kevin Durant come in. This is a guy who has pretty much a seven foot five wingspan. It's either dunk it or get it blocked. And I think he accepted the challenge within a split second. And he was able to make contact with the dunk and get the M1. And also had a beautiful image, shout out to Jesse the Bolt, that sur- surfaced all through the internet that I see fans are still reposting to this day. Miles Bridges' house also had a good dunk, but that was a pretty good dunk to double clutch. But I think to be on primetime television, to dunk on one of the one of the greatest scorers in NBA history, and to have a great photo to go with it, I'm going to have to go with Terry Rozier. Well, right now, the moment this is being recorded, 
you're wrong. The fans say hey, Miles' dunk is the better dunk. I, one thing I can't oh. wait for, you still have time to go in and vote. You can go vote, Wes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote. I, I, I got to go vote again. I got to give the edge to Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I Terry go, go, pad the, go, go stuff the ballot box. Uh, one thing I cannot wait for is to hear Miles Bridges talk about the dunk on Real Access, because that's been one of the great things we've seen so far. I, don't, I know there's only been one episode so far, but I love Real Access. And the quote of the year, even uh, probably better than the dunk of the year. Quote of the year. Gotta get framed. Gotta get framed. That's my new call for anytime Terry Rozier <laughs> dunks on someone. That it, it, it just comes down to this. Gotta get framed. Gotta get framed. I think it's just as simple as that. And I think I haven't been able to get a frame for it yet, but I'm definitely going to frame that and put it into my son's room. Got to. Got to. Well, Wes... I appreciate you hanging out with us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Uh, we have three days off ahead for the Hornets. Uh, the, the first one, obviously, today where you're hearing this podcast. We've got a couple of special interviews on the horizon. So even though it is an off day for the team, it is not an off day for the Hornets Hivecast. So make sure you continue to click subscribe download the podcast and you can have a listen we've got some special guests talking about some things going on around the hornets and also delving into the past of a member of the hornets coaching staff and one of the young superstars on this hornets roster is that good enough of a tease there wesley without giving it all away oh that's awesome i'm I'm excited already there you go wesley robinson social media associate for the charlotte hornets thanks for joining us here today I appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Hornets Hivecast.